Indian neighborhood. good to your flesh doubt it <laughs> even my flesh cries out for the cross whoa such maturity I have not found in all Christianity okay shenanigans of the cross he's a happy lamb isn't he love you Jesus you guys want to just absorb him for a minute Should we do some self-worship? Self-love? Oh, I don't think so, demon. <laughs> As your ego decreases. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> See, the substance of his word is what irritates the religious pride. People like the word without substance. They like the word without the blood. They like empty words, dead letters that they can fill with themselves. You notice that? They're like, give me knowledge. No, you get revelatory, prophetic, living words that are full of the substance of, a, of another person that's not yourself. The preaching of the word, the word is a container of glory, a container of grace. A container of God the Father's love. And the word is what? The sword of the Spirit. It's called the circumcision of the heart. You have to let the sword come in as the word every day and cut your heart. At any point that you stop letting the word of God 
cut your heart, you'll get seven times worse. I die daily. What does that mean? I grow in the throne room. The cross is the throne. The throne of the lamb. The word lamb means cross. I must decrease, but not in a religious beat yourself up way so people get confused. They're like, what do I need to do? Give me some doo-doo voodoo. I need some religious witchcraft. Put the law on my head and tell me what to do and control me like a robot. Listen, man, you weren't like that in rebellion. Why are you like that in religion? That's your pride that's resisting the cross that wants the law because it's laziness, spiritual laziness. God's not a control freak like the fallen angels. God's a freedom freak. Jesus Christ said, I have come that you would have freedom, liberty, and freedom and liberty more abundantly. It is for freedom I've set you free. 1 Peter chapter 1, the glorious freedom of the sons of God. The glorious freedom of the sons of God is what irritates all the pride of control and formulas and witchcraft operating in your brains right now. That's why people get offended and go away bitter-minded. What does it say in the book of Acts? That the demons were going around and embittering their minds against the apostles. That's exactly what it says, Amplified Classic. The Jews, the law, the demons, the religious demons with skin on, becoming Christians nowadays. Back then it was Jews, whatever the public religion of the area is, that's what the demons are wearing. <laughs> In America, it just happens to come under Christian, but it's not Christian, it's demon. Most Christian, as you know, it is not Christian. In Australia, unless the scalpel 
of the sword of the spirit that's sharper than any razor blade is cutting the foreskin of your heart. Called the circumcision, the foreskin of your heart. And we're so perverted, we're like, hee hee hee, foreskin. Boys have penises, girls have vaginas. Because we're hiding all of our lust and Sodom in our hearts and trying to put religious makeup on it. And David's going around circumcising 150 Philistines in order to have his first wife? What does that mean? Marriage will cost you divine purity. Otherwise, you'll never make it. Hello? The Bible says that the Old Testament is profitable for wisdom if you are spiritual and not carnal people. Amen. We need to be spiritually wise. We need to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and intimate knowledge of him. David brought 150 foreskins to Saul to get his first wife. The spirit of God was telling me today, each and every one of you, if you would circumcise the 150 Philistines, that are currently around your souls right now listening to me, you would be enthroned on the throne of the Lamb in total divine peace. But you're so immature that you tolerate the persons of the wicked, and that's why the foundations of your world are in disorder. You are nice to demons. Jesus was never nice to demons, was he? What did the demons say to him? Have you come to torment me? Are you tormenting people's sin? Are you tormenting their lust? Are you tormenting their disobedience, their pride? Are you tormenting their witchcraft and their rebellion towards the throne of the chief apostle? Are you tormenting them? If not, it's because you're still nice to demons. Wow, Jesus was never nice to demons. Is Jesus your apostle? Yes, he is. That's what Hebrews says. And he is the author and the finisher of your faith. He's the apostle of our faith, Jesus Christ. It is written. What does it mean? He's going to take that little mustard seed and grow it up as much as you'll let him. And when you refuse to let him grow your faith, the size of the tree of life, the size of your cross, what are you going to do? You're going to wander the wilderness like the Israelites of old. Paul said it in the New Testament. He says, Do not be like those in the wilderness who heard the word of God, but hardened their hearts. They would not let the word circumcise their hearts. They received the external circumcision. Oh, we're all external Christians. Whoop-de-freaking-do. Oh, so now you have a cultural Christianity. Zero percent of it is kingdom. Zero. It's actually the most disloyal abomination I've ever seen cultural Christianity. Kingdom Christianity is all there is. Cultural Christianity will send you straight to hell. You'll be living in the garbage heaps. You'll be a blasphemer and an enemy of the cross all the days of your whoring life until you come into Christian Christianity of the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. God was telling me the only reason why my people have problems is because they're stuck on false love and won't grow up in true love. And so we got filet versus agape. 
understand yet. All the sins in the world are inside phileo. How can it be? How can it be? Oh, are we supposed to be nice? No, you're supposed to be nails. You're not supposed to be nice. There's nothing divine about human love. Zero. Jesus died in vain to everyone who's nice in their own strength. There is zero divinity, zero anointing, zero glory, zero heaven, zero angels in all your human goodness. It's an abomination. It's called fallen angel pride working in you. Deception. That you are good and you're nice and you're obedient in your own strength. It's all religion. It's all the curse of the fall still in your flesh because of a lack of the cross. The cross alone is our love. The fresh nails piercing our hands is our love. If you don't have those nails, you would have no love in you. Everything about you head to toes is filled with falsehood. The only possibility for divinity is through crucifixion with Christ. And so the Spirit of God was saying, the people are immature because they're nice. The people are full of witchcraft and still getting their blood sucked. Poor Babylon drunk on the saints. Because the saints are still infants, thinking they need to be nice to all the demon-possessed, disobedient, rebellious practitioners of witchcraft who refuse to carry their own crosses. And so this is my burden. I'm going to be loving because Brandon's not. Brandon's mean. No, I'm a million times more loving than you. You're practicing false love. Phileo love is not love. And that's the truth anyhow. What does God's love look like to the Egyptians? The Red Sea swallowing them up in victory. Yeah, and they died in the wilderness with that attitude because they never knew his ways. Isn't that like 99% of you right now? Wow. So God wants to mature us from babies to adults. Why are babies babies? 80-year-old babies, 70-year-old babies, 50-year-old babies, it has nothing to do with age, it has to do with wisdom, how much of the sword of the Spirit has circumcised and pierced your own heart of your own soul. Age, I mean, there's, Jesus was wiser than the 72-year-olds at age 12, my Bible says. They were astounded at his wisdom. So a 12-year-old is wiser than a 72-year-old Jesus Christ, and you're born in the sea, meaning when you're 12, wiser than all the big wigs in the charismatic church. They're not even God inside minded. You're God outside minded completely you wish. You're born of the seed of the spirit of wisdom. You grew up in real Christianity. You'll outwit the wise men of Christianity in the first month.
no rewards in Gehenna. Jesus Christ and his people were living in Gehenna like sheep without a shepherd because they weren't being pastored to deny self and serve the Holy Spirit who crucifies the human soul for God the Father to shine
Then they killed and beheaded James, the brother of John that wrote Revelation. These were all men who had the whole Bible memorized. What's our problem? Head instead of heart. Unless your heart crucifies your head, you'll be an anti-Christ every single day after you're born again. You're better off having never be, been born again than to get born again and stuck in your head. It's called twice dead. Having begun in the spirit, trying to finish in the flesh. Galatians 3.1, bewitchment, it is written. How bewitched are you? A lot more than you realize. And it's not about being mean. It's not about beating you up. It's about the truth that could set you free. To be tough on sin and mean to demons, horrible to demons. We are the devil to the demons. I'll share with you a great mystery today because I really love you guys. We have been living in the belly of Satan and his angels inside sorcerers. Molech is inside human flesh. You've been living inside the sorcerers of your cities and your nations. Whoever stands on the top of your mountains, usually you're rich. You're inside their stomach right now. That's the belly of the beast. The beast isn't some external beast. You're bewitched. The beast is only inside human flesh. There's not one drop of spiritual wickedness in heaven and earth or under the earth that even exists except without human permission to dwell through their blood. The heavens belong to the Lord, the earth he's given to the sons of men. Not one drop of demon, fallen angel, foul bird, beast of the field, of anything of the kingdom of hell has permission to move in the heavens or the earth or under the earth unless a human being and their heart and blood gives it permission. So where are these people? They're, they're everywhere. They're usually the rich in your city. Read James chapter 5. What did James say to the rich? I mean, it sounds like something out of Jeffrey Dahmer's notebook or something. Pig, swine, you're going to be devoured, killed, slaughtered, fattened from the day of slaughter. He's talking about the rich like pigs to the slaughter in the New Testament book of James chapter 5. What the heck is going on here? This seems like a different type of Christianity than this patty cake club that we have now in America. jump 
into you to defend the territory that belongs belongs to it if an apostle of glory comes around you. Seen it a million times. See, they can come in and out of sin and darkness. They move and crawl the serpents through the dust of the earth, the Bible says. And then they'll hide and not be there and pretend to be good. And they're like, go home and beat their wife. Go home and drink a six-pack of Coors Life and Coors Light, watch the football game and scream at their wife and scream at their kids. Total hypocrites. Oh, I know it's not you, but you've heard some people do that before, that they don't practice being crucified. Uh-huh. Hallelujah. I tell you what, any area where there's not the constant crucifixion of your heart, there is the presence of all the fallen angels. We haven't come to the conclusion that there's not one drop of goodness in us yet. That's why we're living out of that niceness, which is called giving the whore of Babylon our inheritance. She's drunk on the blood of the saints. What's the saint's blood? Jesus. So you forfeit what belongs to Jesus to the enemies because you thought being a Christian was just being nice to everyone. That's not true at all. <laughs> you know what the Bible says about those false phileo, immature infants in Christ that practice phileo love and not agape love? They're being repeatedly raped by the night watchman. That's when you go to the night watchman and they rape you. And then you get more wounded and it's like Christianity is a religion of hate. Red Letter Ministries is a cult of hate. And they get all these negative experiences because of their own sin and foolishness and they always blame someone else and never themselves. Human nature, called pride. The deception and the delusion is already there, but the cross is not. This is not someone else's fault. This is the immature bride of Christ's fault. The infant bride must become a mature bride. Otherwise, it'll still always be someone else. Someone hurt me. No, you hurt yourself by not allowing the cross to heal you. The cross has always been present. I am the Lord. I change not. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever, says the Lord Almighty. You change by applying Him to your wounded hearts. We all come out of hell. We all come out of death, it is written. I hold the keys of death and hell. What is that? This universe. What is this universe? Sodom and Egypt, where our Lord was crucified in this world. He was crucified on earth. He was crucified on earth, but the earth is called in Revelation. Sodom and Egypt. What does it mean? He was crucified in the centrality of the human heart, in the center of fallen man's heart. Forget about the demons. They only exist inside man and woman's sin. You can't blame the devil. The devil is not your scapegoat. Jesus is your scapegoat. This is not the devil's fault. This is our fault as men and women for not applying God's provision of the cross to our own hearts. That's the truth. That will set you free. We can get over our past. We can have hope for the future if we embrace his cross and it kills all the woundedness so it's like it reopens the wounds and you begin to attack the people that are healing you and they're the enemy because you're so messed up it's always someone else's fault because that selfishness and pride is the presence of the demons in you they keep you defeated people are like i'm struggling with lust get a ticket buddy hello 
walking through Sodom. Are you blind? Do you even understand what this world is? This world is Sodom. You want to change the world? Change your heart because every heart in your whole city and nation is connected to your heart. They're, they're not a different person. It's the same person. There's one body, one new man. The divisions in your mind, Galatians 5, is the presence of the sins of the flesh. The fruit of the flesh is divisions, meaning you're you and I'm me. You are so deceived. You think that you're not your brother's keeper? Cain. <laughs> you are not only your brother's keeper, you are your brother's brother, and your brother and your sister is every human being on this planet. There's only 70 root nations, and before that, there was only one family of Adam. And since the flood, there's only 70. Meaning, you only go back a few thousand years, there's only one family on planet Earth. What the heck? Now the demons have tried to do all kinds of lies, so you think, oh, you're so different there, us. You're not. You're all the same. You go deep enough in your heart, you start digging one foot in your own heart using the Christ, the Christ crucified of Calvary shovel, you'll find everyone else is in there with you. But I'm struggling with lust. How do you even know that's your lust? That could be someone else's lust. Inside your heart is every heart on planet Earth and the heart and the blood and the DNA of all humanity back 6,000 years. So what is intercession? Circumcising your own heart. Creating the stairway inside your heart. And if you're not working in your heart, you're not doing one drop of ministry for someone else. Hypocrites, play actors, pretenders. What do they do? External ministry. To be seen by others. Look at all the stuff I've done. If you didn't do it in your heart, you're a worker of strange fire. And how do we deal with strange fire? Sons of Aaron, Leviticus chapter 10. Lightning from the ark. Scorch, you're welcome. Ananias and Sapphira, bury them outside the camp and no mourning over them. Let the birds eat them. Amen. New covenant Christian. Welcome to the church of Acts. agape, glory, divine love. And that's what's wrong with us. And we were like, I want the drunken glory. The drunken glory is agape love. You get nails 
in your hands and it's wonderful but if you love your life and don't want to lose it you become the enemies of the cross you become the enemies of love love will never stop loving meaning th these nails are heat-seeking missiles you're gonna go right down into the Red Sea like the Egyptians the chariots and the horsemen Pharaoh was drowned and in what the substance of love what does the Red Sea represent the blood of Jesus. Are there any drinkers in the house bringing punishment upon the enemies? Jesus Christ said a hundred times, they'll be cast into the sea. You're lucky to find ten people on planet Earth that know how to cast people into the sea right now. And it's certainly not these charismatic leaders. God bless them. I love them very much, but they don't, they don't do it. It's not working. Most of them are still prophesying about the election.
God's like, listen, and he told them you're alone. Adam didn't even know he was alone. That's a, a true Christian will never even know they're alone, even if they're alone, because they're so buried in the cross of his glory. Our problem is we're not in the glory, we're in witchcraft, we're isolated, secluded, totally deceived, bewitched, beat up by demons, every line deceiving spirit passing through our mind constantly, tempted by billions of of the time. I said, is that what's out there? That's all that's out there? 
And then their leaders turn on us and call us names and start writing public notes about us. It's happened dozens and dozens of times. I'm not giving you a sob story. I'm telling you the true accurate condition of the current level of maturity of Christianity on planet Earth because I love you and care for you and want you to grow in the cross. Full maturity is the full piercings of the seven pillars of wisdom as blood speaks the word. And unless that blood is crucifying your brain, your heart, your hands, your bones, your feet, your back, your spinal cord, your internal organs, your spiritual stomach, there's zero chance you'll ever say one true thing from God your entire life. But you're created to be oracles. Once you start to get crucified, guess what? You'll start to prophesy without trying. Gee whiz, they're like, this is what I had for breakfast, and that's what you're talking about, and this is my son's last name, and you just said it in a sentence. And it's like effortless, 100% accurate prophetics when you get into the river of life, and you don't have to try, and you're not looking for glory. You're not looking for payment like Balaam. You're actually just in love with Jesus and totally crucified and don't care what anyone thinks. You're serving God and not man. The river of life works perfectly, accurately, 1,000% of the time if you just get crucified more and more every single day. You don't get the glory. <laughs> the brain is far too big and the spirit far too small. But God's not going to give you any more of himself. Colossians 2.10 You were made full of the Godhead at spiritual rebirth. You never get more of God. I need more. You've been trying to practice externalism after God gave you his fullness. Same thing he gave Mary, his seed. Mm -hmm. You're born of the incorruptible seed of the word of God that cannot sin, 1 John says. Now, since you don't do anything with the seed, you got all these external problems. That's not God's fault, that's yours. Until we grow up and assume responsibility for how little we've developed the cross, the tree of life, and the seed of the cross, and the seven pillars of wisdom in our spirit, and not allowed wisdom and her fire to burn out all the enemies of Christ in our own hypocritical, Satan-filled hearts. Until we assume responsibility for that, we will stay immature forever, we'll always be the victim, and someone else has hurt us. No, we've only hurt ourselves. Truth, look at all the martyrs in the first century. They weren't pulling victim cards. They're like, it's an honor to suffer punishment with Jesus. They'd be ripped in half in the Roman Colosseums, dismembered, one the torso over here, the legs over there, because they'd starve the lions. This happened by the tens of thousands, guys. And there are many stories that after they were shredded by the starved lions and dismembered in multiple pieces in the Colosseums of Rome, they would say, did they release the lions yet? Why? Because the cross was so big in their heart, they didn't even know they were in multiple pieces and already dead. Don't you want to be crucified with Christ like that? That you don't even have awareness of your body? Does that sound like extreme Christianity? That's actually elementary discipleship. You're just that involved in selfish witchcraft of the fallen angels right now. This is where you begin in Christ. How far have you left your first love? Come on. It's not anyone else's fault. That cross, that seed, the fullness of divinity is impossible.
imparted and impregnated into your spiritual stomach the moment you first believed in Jesus. Christ in you, the hope of realizing the glory. Amen. The hope that you birth, God the Father, out of your belly. You know, we have people waging war against us, slandering us, and all their self-love nonsense, just no discipleship whatsoever. It's really pathetic. But um, it was irritating me. Listen, this isn't our first rodeo. I have dealt with the most ridiculous atrocities in Christianity for 15 years. And I haven't had one break one month of my life. And it's just incredible. But I was created to war. Don't feel bad for me. I enjoy it. The King of Glory is the God of War, and He is more than able in my flesh and blood by grace to deal with the situation easily. Easily. And so this new round of irritating demons, they come in, they say I have all these threats and all this weird stuff they're saying. My brain's just like, honestly, mildly offended. It's like really just another wave of nonsense from just non-disciples, infants in Christ, who wage war with the demons right in their backs like horsemen. I mean, what a goofy thing this is, really. Satan is so goofy, and his children are even goofier than he is. It is so insane, the stuff you deal with in this world. And I, it was just so insane, and I'm, I'm looking at this whole deal and all the threats that they're going to bring a hundred-person army to destroy Red Letter Ministries. This is what I woke up to on my day off. You know, enjoy your Sabbath day's rest. We have declared war on your ministry. And I have a hundred people fasting and praying until Red Letter Ministries is destroyed. Three times as many as Apostle Paul. That's what they told me. Three times as many. So what an honor. Thank you. I look forward to devouring all the Jannies and Jandra that you can conjure because I'm hungry. The tree of life eats that stuff. It'll be good. But what was crazy is in the moment of my offense and dealing with these people, I heard and felt the Father laughing in my belly. Third person. Like I'm up here in my consciousness and there was another person in my belly laughing. It wasn't me. <laughs> and I used to be a demoniac. I went to three months of deliverance 21 years ago in Teen Challenge until I got baptized in the Spirit. Waves of liquid peace go through me head to toes. But it's so different now to be Father God possessed from being such a, a warlock and demon possessed. And this was a totally new level of possession that I've never experienced before. I have faith that He's in there. I see Him in there. I commune with Him. I have union with Him. I grow in Him every day. I love Him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I love serving Him in the Holy of Holies in my spiritual stomach. It's a rich treasury of glory. But to see and hear Him laughing so loud and hard while I'm in offense was totally otherworldly. I was not expecting that. This, The Father's way of encouraging me was like, hey, I'm right here on the throne inside your belly in the fullness of my power, my joy, my ability, my wine, my vineyards. And he was laughing and my stomach was like, oh, and I was just birthing it. And I couldn't be discouraged by the external warfare. You've come to a place of full possession of God the Father realized on the inside of you, the temple of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 6, 19, and you're so little bewitched by external religion that God the Father is physically laughing as a third person inside you and you're just watching him from your the theater of your forehead, your consciousness, like, holy crap. 
If you needed encouragement, there it is. You got the fullness of the Father's throne room in your belly. You know the Bible says that? Where's everything? It is not my fault you were trained in external false Christian witchcraft. Ha ha ha. Ephesians chapter 3. We'll end with this tonight because I love you guys so much. Amplified classic. You gotta put yourself where Paul's at reading this to the Ephesians. Just imagine someone stoned so many times he's lost lost track. Okay? Murdered. They, he was left for dead. He actually did die. And the spirit brought him back to life. It's written in the Bible. Shipwrecked. Wrestling wild beasts in Ephesus. These are the beasts of Ephesus. What are beasts? You those out there, cow tipping boys. Wasn't wrestling honey badgers. Demons, horned snakes, serpents of hell, of Satan, the chief of all the beasts of the field. He was wrestling demons with skin on, called the Jews, or false Christians everywhere, practicing jennies and jambres, sorcery instead of the cross. And this is what he has to say to you tonight. Let the angel of Paul minister right into your soul. Amen. May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. May Christ through your faith actually dwell, settle down, abide, Make his permanent home in your heart. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely in love, that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love. What is the breadth and length and height and depth of it? That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ. Crucifixion. Crucifixion. Which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. That you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded. understand Paul's only struggle was with infants in Christ bewitched by external Christianity? That's the only thing wrong with you is that you haven't known the Father in your belly through the seven piercings of his cross. As the cross expands through your heart, brain, eyes, ears, nose, mouth, and touch gates, you will begin to know the Father in your own spiritual stomach your own Ephesians 3, 16-19. Rich treasury of glory. He has given you a rich treasury.
discovering the Father in your belly. Heavenly Father, reveal yourself to these men and women's spiritual stomachs, that they may live out of the new covenant as their body is the temple, and no longer serve the fallen angels in the witchcraft of religion. In Jesus' mighty name, let my seven piercings of my seven pillars of the wisdom of the angels bless all of your souls by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. See you guys. Glory to God. If you'd like to bring a sacrificial offering, we could use your support majorly in this ministry. We need to buy stadium lights for our 600-person arena in Nairobi, Kenya. Some of you have seen our arena that we've built. Red Letter Ministries has financed all of it. I'd love to continue to support that in an ever-increasing glory of the glory of finance, which is called the Kavad in Hebrew. Money has a glory. Solomon's Temple brought the money into the temple and consecrated the money into Solomon's Temple first before the temple was filled with glory. Until you bring financial sacrifices into what God the Father is revealing to you, you will never be filled in glory. You'll never walk in glory in a hundred million years. You must bring natural finances, natural glory, into the spiritual glory to honor God who is the spirit of glory in this apostolic ministry. You have to wake up and start bringing sacrifice. It's not optional. Everyone in Israel knew how to give. Even the widows who had nothing and no income were giving at the temple. We have Christians in America with less than 3% that even tithe in the richest civilization and nation that has ever existed in the history of nations. Do you understand that? Oh, not me. It's the Rockefeller. Listen, buddy. The, the middle-class Christians of America are richer than kings 400 years ago. Problem is, is we're more idolatrous than kings of 400 years ago. And we're clinging and retaining like Ananias and Sapphira. Not all of you. Some of you are cheerful, generous givers who give from the heart through the circumcision of the sword of the Spirit, valuing the Spirit of glory from the temple of glory, the throne of God and the Lamb, and the twelve apostle pearls that ministered to you day and night and never ceased to minister to you from the temple of God the Father and the Lamb through human hearts and human minds. Others of you continuously blaspheme by receiving food and not honoring the value of the spiritual food you're eating without bringing financial sacrifice. Repent and honor the value of the spiritual food, the feast that the apostles and prophets have prepared for you. In Jesus' name, start giving generously and valuing the word in large sums of money and watch how the glory will fill your hearts as you value the word of God, circumcising them. In Jesus' name. Love you guys. See you tomorrow.